Welcome to Healthcare and Hire, a podcast for healthcare professionals and aspiring healthcare executives looking for information, association, and inspiration from higher-level leaders across the healthcare industry. I'm Iqbal Acha, career consultant, healthcare recruiter, and registered pharmacist. Every week, I sit down to interview healthcare executives, clinical leaders, medical entrepreneurs, and industry experts to learn how they got to where they are today, what they see as the future of healthcare, and what they're doing to make healthcare more accessible, affordable, and effective. Let's find out more about today's guest. Dr. Stacy Bain is the Vice President of Business Development for Assisted Living at Genoa Healthcare. She has a passion for helping vulnerable patient populations and delivering exceptional customer service to those with complex chronic health conditions. Today, she leads a team of professionals who leverage their organization's 20-year history in behavioral health and addiction treatment services to provide customizable pharmacy solutions for senior communities of all shapes and sizes. Dr. Bain holds a Doctor of Pharmacy degree from Purdue University and has received Genoa's coveted President's Club winner Top Sales Director Award not once, not twice, but three times. Over the course of her career, Dr. Bain has developed an expertise in various aspects of healthcare and business, including operations, recruiting, and sales. Outside of her role, she is an adjunct faculty member at the University of Southern Indiana, teaching psychopharmacology for their College of Nursing and Health Sciences students. Hello, Dr. Bain. Welcome to the show. Hi, Iqbal. How are you today? I'm fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you on board. And you can just refer to me as Stacy. You don't have to refer to me as doctor. No problem. Even though I do appreciate that. (laughs) There's a lot of people that are listening and meeting you for the very first time. Why don't you take this moment and share a little bit about yourself? Share us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how does what you do impact healthcare? Sure. So uh, my name is Stacy Bain and I'm a pharmacist, graduated from Purdue University um, and have been with General Healthcare since 2011. Um, have actually held a couple different roles within the company. I started as a site manager um, and then transitioned into a sales director where I was actually selling on-site pharmacies into community behavioral health clinics in nine states um, with the company. And then most recently transitioned into my current role, which is VP of business development for our assisted living um, business line. So that's a new business line for us, um, which really has leaned in on our experience as a company in that residential space. Um, But knowing that we provide great care to the behavioral health residents, and we can do the same thing in the senior living care space. 
So Stacy, that's a phenomenal journey. And we're going to delve really deep into that because I know a lot of listeners are looking for a, a career path, so to speak. And I think that you've got an ideal one. But why don't you share with us a little bit about, you know, some of the problems that you at Genoa Healthcare are looking to solve for today. You've mentioned a few things right now that are really interesting to me, but I want you to give you the opportunity and the platform to talk about that. Sure. So, you know, obviously Genoa Healthcare kind of got started in the behavioral health space and it was all about providing convenience and service to an underserved population, right? So we knew that taking care of those with behavioral health is a completely different ballgame that really no one else had ever really kind of stepped up and, you know, reached out to, you know, kind of help solve that problem. But our whole role and how we have currently operated is to integrate our pharmacies into community health centers, um, community behavioral health centers, and be on site, right in there with their care teams, you know, make pharmacy and care incredibly convenient for those with behavioral health issues. We know that transportation um, and so many other socioeconomic issues have been a real barrier to care for those um, with behavioral health issues. And we've been doing that for the last 20 years. In the last year or so, we realized there are the same struggles and barriers for those seniors and those taking helping to take care of seniors. So how is it that we can provide care where they are at, you know, minimize all of the inconveniences or reasons why people don't take their medication regularly and, and how can we make it as convenient as possible um, for not only the patient themselves, but family and caregivers that are helping to provide care as well. You're approaching these different populations with quite a bit of an open mind. And, you know, it's really interesting because right now you've mentioned a couple of different categories, right? You've talked about behavioral health issues. You've talked about addiction issues. And now we're going towards assisted living facilities um, and you know, really working to be able to provide better quality care and more access to senior populations. Talk to me a little bit about some of the changes that you're seeing and maybe some of the, the revolutionary ideas that Genoa Healthcare is bringing in that's going to distinguish itself from other organizations that are providing similar services. So I think the thing that's unique to us or Genoa is that we're really about the end user. So whether that is the assisted living community, the nursing agencies that we might be working with, it's all about customizing our care to help better serve those um, that they are taking care of or under their services, right? So, you know, how can we meet them where they're at? And what can we do to make not only their employees' lives easier and streamline the process for them, right? So it's kind of a twofold approach. What can we do to make the organizations themselves more efficient? But then how does that translate to the end user or the customer, or the consumer, to make sure that we can you know, actually improve adherence while decreasing ER visits or overall cost of care. So it's kind of twofold. Like we, we look at it as the partnership with the organizations and we look at the end care to the patient or the, the individual that we're serving. And how can we align ourselves to better meet both of those individuals where they're at? And that has really been our success. It's really been catering our services and what we can do as pharmacy and, you know, and pharmacists to each individual group. And that really has been where we have been successful in, in really the, that customizable approach and customizable services to those organizations. 
it takes a certain kind of professional and a certain kind of executive to work in your space. I mean, I, I know from my perspective, being the primary caretaker of three 80-year-olds, like it, it requires a lot of patience. And you've mentioned a couple of patient populations that are pretty, pretty challenging and pretty intense, right? You know, is there a, a segue in this for you? Like, what is it? What is it that led you to this area? Like, there's, there's, there's always a calling that some of us have where we're like, yeah, because many of us as healthcare professionals and executives, we're like, oh, you know what? I want to help people. Well, we we all say that, right? You can be a helper by being a social worker. You can be a helper by literally taking out garbage. But it's a certain calling for somebody to work with these kinds of patients. And I'd love to understand how you were attracted first to this kind of you know organization and its mission. So really, I was, I mean, I was very driven to Genoa because of their mission and their core values. So when I first I had learned about Genoa, to be honest, I took a copy. I was working at a retail pharmacy and took a copy and was like, Genoa, who's Genoa? Like never heard of them. So it really sparked my interest. So I did a little bit of research and was like, hmm, interesting. Um, and then I saw an opportunity to go, go to work for them. And at the time they were, you know, a relatively small company, um, but was very passionate about what their core values were and what their goals were, right? So it was all about serving the patient building trust and rapport um, and just showing up and being like a human being to a group of patients that has really been kind of mistreated or very misunderstood. And that really spoke to me like deep down just as a human being. And so was very passionate. I didn't know a ton about behavioral health when I started, but knew like believed in the mission and what they were like setting out to do. So it was definitely a learning opportunity for me. I can remember my first few days on the job seeing huge doses of Seroquel and Zyprexin being like this, you know, like, are we really doing this? Are we sure? And calling the doctor and they probably thought, oh, this, this naive pharmacist, you know, um, but it was such a learning opportunity and it really provided some great growth for me um, in that space. Not something we learned a lot about in pharmacy school. So there was a lot of self-growth in just learning behavioral health space. And not only was it the drugs, but it was the people and their stories. It really came down to the ability for me to develop relationships with these individuals and learn about who they are and learn about their stories, you know, to walk, kind of walk a mile in their shoes. It's just unimaginable, but the pharmacy was that job became, you know, as a site manager, as a pharmacist really became more of a, like a passion project. Like I love to get up and go to work because it really, we were truly making a difference. And for a lot of these individuals that we were serving, we kind of became their family. I knew their pets names. I knew all the ins and the outs, you know, the opportunity to be able to call a patient by their name when they walked up to the window. It was that kind of intimacy in pharmacy that really drew me, you know, to the company. And and then as you think about how I progressed in my career, you know, it was the opportunity to, while I stepped away from pharmacy and I don't have that daily patient interaction, you know, I know that when I was selling a pharmacy in a new state or to a new organization that we were impact, I was impacting that many more lives in that local community and what we can do for those staffs in each of those community mental health centers, as well as the number of consumers that that pharmacy and that pharmacy team is going to impact. So, you know, to think about those opportunities, you know, was really kind of cool. And it was an opportunity to kind of take some of my past experiences from previous roles and have the best of both worlds. I could leverage my pharmacy skills and I could also leverage, 
um, you know, past experiences in the recruiting world, you know, kind of into a, a sales type role. So really cool. And now I'm excited to be, you know, running a sales team to be able to go out and really help from the assisted living world and really treat, you know, the senior care world and that senior care population the exact same way we have with the, our behavioral health patients. And so, you know, that brings up a good point and a good question for me, right? Like when I take a look at your history, you've had such a broad based experiences in so many different areas and in so many different companies, right? Like you were a recruiter with Walmart, you've been a pharmacist with CVS, and then you're, I'm going to say a meteoric rise uh, at Genoa, right? Like you started off as a site manager, then you a pharmacy manager, and then you moved on to become a site development director. And now you're the vice president of business development. Was it all calibrated? Was it all like pre-planned in your mind? Like, hey, this is exactly how it's going to happen? Uh, no, not at all. You know, so I would say my, you know, I had my career started with Walmart. I had worked for them all through college and kind of moved up the ranks for them. One of the things that personally has driven me is always just the next challenge. Like, I love the challenge of figuring figuring things out. What's next? What's coming next? But was never, plan- you know, this was never planned out. You know, to be honest, I had had a great career with Walmart and worked for them for, I think, almost 12 years all through college, took multiple roles and then actually was downsized out of my role as a recruiter. You know, we were in a non money making opportunity and it wasn't as an important role for the company at the time. And at the time it was crushing, right? Like I'm a very drip, self-driven individual and was crushed that some, you know, that this is kind of how things went, but I took the opportunity, kind of reassessed what I wanted to do, you know, was lucky enough that I was a pharmacist and I had those skills to kind of lean back on, you know, taking the job at CVS as just, you know, a staff pharmacist allowed me some more time to be at home with my kids. But that was the door that in the pharmacy that I was working for that actually led me to even knowing who Genoa was, right? So that was where I was at when I got the copy. Had I not been there and got the copy, would I've ever even known who Genoa was? Who knows, you know, and then being willing to, you know, like when a job opportunity or I saw a job posting come up to be willing to kind of like take a risk or take a chance. Right. Then got in the role at Genoa and really kind of just loved it. Right. Was very driven about our mission and what we could do, you know, looked at opportunities to continue to serve that patient patient population better, you know, offering vaccinations at a time that was kind of new and fresh was actually one of the first pharmacists within Genoa to administer a long-acting injectable medication. So, you know, really always was looking for the next challenge or the next thing that I could do to kind of not really better myself, but like what, what more services could I provide? But then really leaned in on my experience as a recruiter and in that role with Walmart as I kind of took the leap into sales, you know, and that was a big, big change for me, right? To leave patient, pop, you know, to leave the patient facing you know, career that I'd kind of gone to school for and done into this sales role. Um, But I had my manager at the time had actually been a recruiter for Rite Aid. Mm -hmm. So understood the recruiting world. Um, We both were in the same recruiting world at the same time. So knew what that job entailed and knew that like those skill sets translated into the ability to like kind of sell and go out and promote general healthcare. So you know, things happen for a reason. I truly believe that. And you kind of have to trust the process, you know, so took the sales director role at times thought, what in the world have I gotten myself into? Did I make the right move? Can I, you know, can I do this? Can I be successful? You know, had to be very patient in that role. Success took a little while for me, 
you know, but then once it happened, you know, like it happened very quickly and was, you know, one of the top sales director actually won a president's club award, you know, because of my sales ability. And then, you know, was kind of presented with this next opportunity and challenge. So never really saw myself leaving the sales director role. I was something I was good at. I really enjoyed it, you know, but the opportunity presented itself. It was a new challenge. And, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm all about kind of like that next new challenge and figuring stuff out. And that is really what has led me to where I'm at today. That's a phenomenal, you know, I, I love the way that you describe the journey, right? Like, of course, you know, so many years later, everything is like, oh, this is fine. And, you know, I've had to adjust, but I'm sure that at the point, at the, at those points of inflection, you were like, as I would be like livid, like, you know, what is happening here? This was not part of the plan. And this is, you know, how could that be? And I think that this is a really good lesson for a lot of the listeners to walk away with, right? Which is there's going to be things that are completely unplanned, but you know, how you approach or how you respond to these kinds of situations is really what dictates your future. And Stacey, you've done an amazing job with that because I see how you were able to capitalize on the skills that you learned in previous roles and apply it to future roles as well, which I think is, is it's absolutely incredible. You mentioned a few things that caught my ear and I, I kind of want to piggyback off of that, right? You mentioned, you know, how you were like, uh, you had won an award uh, and you've done quite a few things that you were actually appointed to do uh, rather than just going after them. Is there a specific achievement or specific accomplishment that when you look back at your career, you say, you know what, I've done a lot of great things, but honestly, that to me is the feather in my cap. Yeah. I mean, there are probably several, you know, things that I think, you know, that I could point out, but for me, really some of the like really creative, you know, stuff that's not ever been done by others is really some of the things that I think I would highlight in my career. I was, I think, real, realistically in my career as a site manager with Genoa, being able to administer a long-acting injectable and be one of the first in the country, like to be a part of something that's like groundbreaking and new and really can change, A, the role of the pharmacist and B, the impact to the, you know, like the patient themselves and or the clinic and to be able to increase access to care and access to medications. To me, that really kind of speaks out. You know, it's kind of a minimal blip, but when you think about what that has done and what that has led to, like within Genoa and with other organizations that have the ability now to do so and keep people on their medication and keep people health healthier and out of the hospital, like that has a huge impact, you know? So from a personal perspective, you know, that feels really good. You know, I think the opportunity to have won a President's Club Award, not only for my abilities to run and operate the pharmacy, but then to do that in the next, my next role as a sales director, you know, I think speaks to my drive and my passion and, you know, like what I, just kind of how I am built as a human being. Right. So you, you give me a task, you put, you know, like the next job, like I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to figure it out. Um, You know, that drive to success is really, for me, I think validates you know, the long hours or the sleepless nights or the pit of my stomachs I've had over, have I made the right decision? So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, those sorts of things, I think are probably two of the biggest, I would say, things that I look back on, especially with my career at Genoa that I, I'm very proud about, you know, and really just speak to the job that I've done and the effort that I've put into it. Stacey, one of the things I really love about this conversation, and I love your transparency and visibility, is the fact that you lean into your strengths and your skill sets. 
Um, and I find that some people will, they'll, they'll give themselves reason to question their strengths. You, on the other hand, recognize what they are and you stand proudly in them. And I think that that's what's helped you in your career because that's what most people are attracted to, right? From a professional perspective, they're looking at you like, do you have this? Do you have this? And do you have this? And you are unabashedly confident in the, yeah, I do have A, B, and C. The other stuff I can learn or the other stuff I'm willing to try. Uh, but I love the fact that you're leaning into that. And I hope that, you know, the listeners, you know, take walk away from that as well. Stacy, you pointed out something that I want to touch, I kind of want to delve into a little bit. And that is, you know, when you've seen these different events that occur and the things that have driven you to achieve these goals and, and these new levels, there's always an origin story, right? There's a reason why you chose this profession, why you chose this arena uh, at Genoa Healthcare. Is there something that happened in your life, maybe at an early age, that sort of like started this journey for you, maybe a life lesson that you learned? Um, and what was that? I knew very early on that I wanted to be involved in healthcare. So very strong healthcare background. I actually have, my great-grandfather actually owned and operated his own independent pharmacy. Um, my grandfather ran it, still is in operation today. So started, um, you know, in 1904 and is still in operation. While as a little girl, I didn't always necessarily understand like what the pharmacy was. Because when I would go, it was all about the front end store and all the mm -hmm. fun little tchotchkes and toys they sold. But, you know, as I got older, you know, kind of understood the impact that like my great grandfather had, my grandfather had, and now aunts and uncles as well, you know, so it was kind of really driven to that. Always been competitive by nature. I can remember my mom and dad always saying, you know, like, there's nothing out there that you can't accomplish. Like if you put your mind to it, I can, I can hear my dad in the back of my head saying that all the time. Right. And there really is some truth to that. And I think that really is where a lot of my success and my drive comes from, right? So if it's something that you want, it's something that if I wanted, like you just got to like, you know, strap your boots on and find a way to figure it out, right? So it might not always be pretty, might not always have the right answers, but at the end of the day, the, the effort and the work that you put into it is really the, what drives the end result. So I think you have to be, you know, unafraid to make some, make some bad choices or make some bad decisions or not always have the right answers, right? Like, but to learn and to grow from that. So, um, you know, personally, you know, if anybody's done, you know, like the disc analysis, I'm a D, you know, and, and that what comes with that, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. So we know I'm driven, but I also, you know, there are characteristics of the D's that a lot of people might not enjoy or like, but managing and knowing that about myself. So I think some of it, it is personal drive. And then part of it is having a good understanding of how I interact with others, you know, wait, maybe where my, you know, faults are, um, and how can I like best overcome those so that, um, I can be successful. So, you know, per some of it, I think is just innate in who I am as a, as an individual and like the drive that I just think I was kind of born with. Um, and then the other thing is just really having a good sense of like who I am as a person and being like, I, I don't want to say adaptable, but, you know, managing through different circumstances, you know, looking at things with different perspectives, you know, and knowing, you know, sometimes where like my faults or weaknesses might be, you know, so that I can continue to grow as a person and kind of work through any of those sorts of issues. So, you know, some of it, I think is just who I am as a person always have been driven to want to help, help, help people. You know, I know all, every pharmacist says that I want to help people, which is 
True. True. Um, but finding a way and how, you know, how does that, what does that look like for me and how can I translate that into my career and my profession and how do I still do, do that today, even though my roles have changed, right? I'm not helping an individual patient today for the most part. Um, but what, what can I do and how does that impact others? So I love the way that you said that, because I think when the, when I face that situation, you know, how can I leave a patient facing provider role and walk away from the patient? One of the things that I would always tell myself is, you know, I know that I have a limited amount or limited scope of influence. What I do in this one pharmacy or what another practitioner may do in their one clinic, they're only going to be able to help at best, uh, maybe 40% of their patient load. Like, you know, you might have 2000 people that come to your pharmacy, but you're really impacting maybe 10%. Like 200 people is who you'll end up having a relationship with. But if you can think above and beyond that, like if I can find other people as a recruiter, that's what we did, right? We would find Mm -hmm. other quality healthcare recruiters that would say, hey, if you can bring in the right people, now your scope of influence is much larger. So I love the way that you were able to do that. And I also love the fact that you pointed out that you've used both the subjective analysis of yourself, like, hey, I know who I am, but you've also supplemented with some objective and uh, objective um, surveys, right? Like DISC. I'm I'm a big fan of Berkman. It's always helped me kind of see other people and show a little bit about myself to them as well. Um, is there a particular test? And you said you said the DISC is really something that you've leveraged um, in managing teams, I would presume. And then also, are there any other ones that you think are valuable? Yeah, I think really for me, a DISC for working in a team setting is huge, right? So I think a lot of times when you think about interpersonal relationships and working together as a team, it all comes down to communication. And communication styles, right? And we all do not communicate the same way. We don't take in information or give information out in the same ways. And knowing that about people is huge, right? Like get to the point with me. I just, I want the facts. I don't want to pay. I don't need all the, you know, I don't need all the fluff, but there are people that need that additional information and need, you know, kind of all the detail to be able to like make a decision, an informed decision. So for me, DISC has been very eye-opening, not only about my own personal communication style, but kind of being appreciative of how everyone else, you know, approaches that group work setting. I know in college, like I used to dread, you know, the, the team projects. Again, I was the D. If nobody stepped up, I was probably going to be the one that stepped up and was like, okay, guys, we just have to get this done, which was somewhat frustrating, right? Because I wanted somebody else to step up. And whether or not I ever gave them that opportunity in college, now that I look back on it, you know, I probably was just like, okay, guys, we got this to get done. Let's get it done. I have a much more, you know, much more self-aware now of that. And when we think about working in teams and running a team, that those communication styles and how I have to change my approach with kind of everyone on the team of what they need and what their expectations of me are, I can't be, it's not a one size fits all. And when you learn that, you know, it's huge, right? Um, Those interpersonal skills and being able to be soft with people who need you to be a little bit more soft and be more direct um, with those people that approach, you know, or, you know, appreciate that type of presentation style is all good. So for me personally, that has been one of the biggest eye-opening things when it comes to working with teams and learning about myself. You know, it's so fascinating that you say that, Stacey, because I think you know, when, when you go through whatever program, right, pharmacy, medicine, nurse, op, you know, optometry, anything, you know, there's zero discussion about like, hey, you're going to be working in an interdisciplinary team, or in your case now, like you're managing a team of uh, how many people are on your team, direct reports and total size? 
Right now, I have nine direct reports that cover the entire country, um, you know, that and all have a, a very vast array of experience. So some are, I have a nurse, I have some pharmacy technicians, I have true salespeople, nice. and they all approach, you know, they all look at the situation differently, which is an amazing, like, it's fun to have a team that is that diverse and brings so many different experiences. But it also means that I have a very diverse team that needs and wants different things from me. Yeah. And managing that. That's so important, right? Because I think that because you can see that there's a certain amount of emotional intelligence that I'm getting off from you in this conversation, right? That you recognize like, hey, if I was in a vacuum, this is how I operate because I know it's most efficient for me, but I'm not in a vacuum. I have nine other people that are going to listen to me, speak to me and understand what I'm telling them and what they're sharing with me in a different lens, in a different filter every single time. And I love the way that you're able to modify the way that you respond and communicate with them because that's where your effectiveness is, is very visible. You know, Stacey, you, you've talked about being driven, right? What what do you see next for yourself? Like, I know you're in a prime spot. I know that you're taking on a big challenge, right? But, you know, as you envision the next three years, five years, 10 years, how do you envision your career, your, your, your legacy to be? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, for me, where I'm at right now, I'm starting, basically starting a new program, right? So building a team from the ground up, which is super fun. I'm, I tend to be more of a creative thinker. I'm not the traditional introverted pharmacy type. So, you know, I kind of probably broke the mold a little bit there, um, you know, have a very creative side outside of work as well. So it is absolutely fun to be able to kind of figure it out from the bottom up. It's not, I'm not walking into something that has been some way for years and years and years and it, well, that's the way we've always done it, you know? So I always kind of push back on those sorts of things, you know, well, why have we always done it that way? Is there a better way? I'm all about efficiencies and kind of looking at the bigger process. And maybe it's great that we've done it something some way for five or 10 years, but can we do it better? Can we do it more efficient? Efficiency really drives a lot of what I do. And I think, again, that's why I've been successful, you know, but for me right now, I'm really kind of in the midst of like growing it and figuring it out. So, you know, for me, until I'm in a place where I feel like, man, I've kind of conquered it. We like, it's a smooth sailing ship. Like this is really where it's at for me, you know, to be, to be creative, to figure it out and to see this program kind of grow and blossom is really exciting. You know, I think next steps, I know eventually I'll get to where I'm like, I'm, I'm looking for the next challenge again, but what does that look like? I don't know at this point, I'll be very honest. Like I don't have a, like in five years, I want to be the next place for me. It's always about like owning the job that I'm doing now and like being the best at it. And then when I kind of start to get a little comfortable um, and it feels maybe a little easy, I don't want to say easy, but like, it's just more status quo. Then I'm kind of like, then I'm starting to like, okay, what's the next challenge? What, what is that? And I don't want to like peg myself into like a specific thing. You know, if there's an opportunity that comes up that really would challenge me, gives me a new skill set, makes me learn something new. Um, I'm all about that. So to be honest, I really don't have a five or 10 year plan other than this is what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to like kill it. I'm going to figure it out and be successful at this. And then knowing once I'm successful at that, then consider what's the next opportunity. And is that a, a different sales team? Is that a different, whole different line of business? Or is it in, back into operations? I don't know. I don't, I don't ever want to say never because I know if you say never, like eh, that opportunity is probably going to come up and you might 
might want to consider it at a different time. So for me, it's really all about like timing and kind of like where I'm at in my life with opportunities at work, with opportunities, you know, like where things are at home and making sure it's really the best fit, not only for like work, but for me as a mom as well. So balancing that is also important. Yeah, that's got, I mean, I, I can't hold the candle to that last part, right? Like there's no way that I, I've got three kids they are all 30 and 27 and 28. So I no longer have to worry about that issue, but as a mom of teenagers, um, I mean, I, I don't even want to start with the, what is that like? Are they boys, girls, one of each? I have two boys, um, 13 and 11. So they keep me very busy. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously they don't need mom at, at a level that they needed mom when they were infants. But, you know, I only have a handful of years yet left when they're still at home in my home. So, you know, it's important to me to be still be able to be somewhat involved and participate. And I, I want that as a mom. Um, and so, you know, balancing career and mom is always, you know, something that I have in the back of my mind. That's important. And I love the fact that you, again, you embrace that, like you recognize that there's a balance for you and that you know that if something encroaches into your family life, like, hey, well, hold on, here's my boundary. Uh, we're not going there today because this is the time block or this is the mental energy I need to, de to dedicate to my kids. So that's super important. Stacey, is there a, a book or a quote that you're either a book that you're currently reading that's, you know, helping you see things differently? Or is there a quote that you've recently come across that you're using as your mantra for the next few weeks or few months to kind of motivate you to go forward? Last year, COVID year, I actually had the opportunity to attend um, a master's program within Genoa, which was a leadership training program. And we went through a lot of different, you know, kind of books on different strategies. And I have a couple really good ones that I took away. One of them is Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. You know, for me, and I think for most pharmacists, it's something that we've not really ever been trained on how to handle people or the business side of things and managing people. So I know I found that as a personal struggle. Like, I got the drugs in and out, but those interpersonal relationships and managing people and how to manage and talk through difficult conversations was one of them. So Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott was a, is a great one. I think especially for younger listeners who are newer to management or managing people, there are some huge, great takeaways on how to approach that and how to have a meaningful conversation around, you know, people's attitudes or work behaviors and to make a valuable, you know, have them kind of own that and then make a personal change themselves. And then I have some other great ones when it comes to sales. So Got Your Attention by Sam Horn is a great one. Really just talks about, you know, as you are kind of in a sales or consultative role, you know, how do you get people's attention? How do you connect with people, you know, so that they kind of, you understand their pain points and what are the solutions that you can bring? I feel like anytime from a sales perspective or recruiting perspective that we can take on that consultative approach, understand their pain points and offer solutions. What I have done in my sales career with Walmart or with Genoa has never been a true sale, right? I'm not you're not paying me for a widget. Um, you're really, you know, like my role was to find solutions to your problems. So um, to look at it from that perspective and understand your customer, understand what their pain points are, and then how can you help find solutions? So got your attention. And then also um, the trilogy of yes is another great book by Andy Olin. Again, it kind of flips the conversation to understanding those pain points 
really avoiding the word like, yes, you know, but instead of but like, yes, and what, you know, what is it that I need from you? Yes, and we can do that if you do X, Y, and Z. So again, it's just some of the approaches and some of those little kind of tweaks to how you approach the situation, you know, that really makes effective salespeople and helps convey, you know, your message or the organization's message to the, the consumer. And I'm, I've actually written down those two books, the ones by Sam Horn and this trilogy of Yes, because I'm very, very, I'm always looking to learn a little bit more, not just for my own business that I run, but it's also to help other my clients. Because I think that even the ones that are listening to this today, like we we tend to forget, like when you're applying for a job, going for a promotion, right? You're selling yourself everything about you, right? You are a brand, your skills, your knowledge, your abilities, all of that has to be packaged in a way that can be received by a potential, a potential buyer, so to speak. And I think that yep. there's so many valuable pearls that we get from that. Stacy, you've been, I mean, an incredible guest. I'm so glad that you were jo- able to join us on this podcast today. And I'm sure that there's a ton of listeners that are going to want to try to connect with you, learn more about you, and maybe start building a relationship. What's the best way for them to do that? Um, you know, they can, obviously I'm on LinkedIn, so they, I would be happy for them to connect via that platform or just to email me, but it's just sbain at genoahealthcare.com. I would be happy to connect to kind of share more about my story or provide some um, feedback or, you know, or kind of talk through, you know, my career path and what has worked for me. That sounds great. Stacy. thanks again for being on the show. Really glad to have had you. Well, thanks. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Healthcare and Hire podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow and subscribe for more. I'm your host, Iqbal Acha, and I invite you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know what you thought about this episode or my show in general. Also, visit me at www.achainternational.com to learn more about how I help healthcare professionals and healthcare leaders advance their career build a better brand, and create a leadership legacy. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, let's keep working to take healthcare to a higher level.